with Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at That's Dad Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Hey BGT fam, we're super excited because this week we are joined by Dr. Shanive Jenatin, who is a true believer in the power of beauty as something beyond aesthetics. Dr. Jenatin is a board certified oculofacial plastic surgeon and founder of Brooklyn Face and Eye, where you can receive non-surgical and cosmetic procedures such as Botox, fillers, PRP, brow lifts, as well as medical procedures. She also created an incredible skincare line, Epilogic, which we recently shared on our self-care Sunday. We're also giving out a nice little discount code for y'all, BGT10, BGT, and then one zero that you all can use for 10% off of her Daily Dose product, which you'll hear us talk more about on the episode. But if you haven't tuned in, also make sure you check out our Self-Care Sunday live on our IGTV right now. As a woman practicing in the field, Dr. Jenatin can bring a unique, thoughtful, compassionate level of care and approach to beauty as a way to embrace oneself. And she believes cosmetics should be a choice and not a necessity. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedside Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. And in the group chat with us today is Dr. Jenatin. Yes. So excited. Hello, ladies. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited to talk to you. Um, If you guys listened to our self-care Sunday that came out last Sunday, you will know that we tried out two of the doctor's (laughs) products. And we're super excited to share that we do have a discount code for you all. It's BGT10. Um, And if you want to learn more about those products, make sure that you check out our self-care Sunday episode. But I think we should hop into on red or reply, y'all. On red or reply. On red or reply is a quick fire game. If you are here for something, you would reply to it, like you would reply to a text message. And if you were not a fan, you would leave it on red. Okay. So the first one we have is black people not wearing sunscreen daily, on red or reply. I have no patience for it, so I'm I'm leaving that on red. Like that is just, I mean, let's jump into the year 2020 with all like the knowledge we have about the benefits of sunscreen. Um, It's time. It's time for all of us to sort of like get on the bandwagon with this. I have to shade myself because I'm I'm bad about that. She never does. Never? Like never ever? Mm. At the beach? You don't wear it at the beach, girl. Yes, I do. (laughs) On my face and on my tattoos. I mean, I will say one thing, like it is not our age that ages us. It's literally the sun that ages us. So there's that, right? Like you just put it on every day and it's like a protection in your skin 20, 30, 40 years from now. And besides that, like there's no other way to like get a natural glow than just like having no sun damage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I know all of us like black women, especially like hyperpigmentation is a real struggle, right? And if you are... 
being exposed to UV rays, then like you've already lost. Like there's there's no way to get ahead. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to get preachy, but I guess I am getting a little oh, preachy. Oh my gosh, it's just so important. It's the easiest thing you can do on a daily basis that pays off in spades on so many fronts. And like besides that, like skin cancer is real, you know, like mm-hmm. skin cancer is related to the sun. And while like our skin type is not the highest prone to get skin cancer, like I see it, I treat it. So I mean, again, not to not to be wagging my finger at you, but it's just it's too easy to do and there are too many benefits. What number sunscreen should we be using? I like at least an SPF 30. Okay. And I do prefer that it's a dedicated sunscreen and not like your makeup or like some sort of just like powder. Like I want a dedicated SPF sunscreen product. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because I've been seeing a lot of like makeup with SPF, um, like uh, setting spray with SPF. So those aren't sufficient. Those are good for a top up. But I think for like your base layer to know that you've put on an adequate level of protection, I want a dedicated sunscreen product. That's definitely my preference. I think with those other products, it's tough to know whether you've gotten adequate coverage. Whereas if you're putting on just a full layer of sunscreen, then you kind of, you have that confidence going in. Well, you got me when you said it's not our age that ages us, it's the sun. Now I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, for real. No. Yeah. Um, and like that comes like, it's not when you're at the beach, just, you know, it's not like, oh, it's kind of overcast, not today, or it's winter, I don't need it. It's like every damn day. And I'll be honest with you, whether you're going to be inside or outside, my own confession is during lockdown, like, I wasn't as diligent as I used to be, right? And then all of a sudden, my melasma started to flare. And I was like, dummy, like, you know, you've been inside and you haven't been doing the sunscreen the same way you would as if you were like out in the world. So it makes a difference. So what's melasma? Yeah, I was gonna say, what's uh, the flare? It's so common and it's like, you know, I'm sure you've seen it more often than you realize. It's when people have like blotchy areas of dark spots around the face. It tends to happen to women more than men because they're like some hormonal influences. Um, and it's like, it's just so extraordinarily common and it's driven by UV rays. So another reason to like get that sunscreen on. Wow. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get it together. I actually just recently like got a sunscreen. All right. Like I own it. <laughs> you have access to it. Apply it. And it's crazy because my skincare regimen has become so extensive. Like it's like a 12 step routine. So I'm just going to add on 13 and get my I mean, legs. Not to be a jerk, but those other steps are worthless without the sunscreen. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I'm just going to go out there and like bake, bake my, my skin off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the things you put on your face make you even more prone to like sun damage. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, phenols, like the hydroxy acids, like glycolic and lactic, all those good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are too many great reasons to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Also, I feel like this was supposed to be like a two second read reply and I just like no. on the soapbox. <laughs> this is really no, how important. it goes down. I actually have one more question regarding sunscreen. Cool. So I found that I'm starting to get these little small, like 
freckly dots mm -hmm. on my face. And mm -hmm. I thought it was just genetic because my mom has them and like the older everyone in my family has gotten, they're starting to get them. But I'm like, is that sun damage? Mm -hmm. Dang. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> I'm <just kidding. laughs> Listeners, get on board with me. Our next on Reddit reply is about filler. Um, so it's on Reddit for reply lip filler for women of color or just anyone of color who wants lip filler who are deemed to already have quote unquote big lips. I'm replying. I'm replying to that. That's my job. It's what I do on a daily basis. Um, so, I mean, not to get like, too philosophical on like the beauty of a lip, but there's so much that goes into a good lip, right? Right. So you might have like a good plump lip, but like are your proportions in, in, in like, are they totally together? How about like the architecture? Do you have like beautiful crisp borders? Do you have like pillow, pillowy plumpness in the right places? Like there are so many ways to like amp up the beauty of the lip. And if you're just looking at the size of the lip, like there's so much more fun we could be having. And also, like, I'll be darned to let anyone say, like, you already look like this, so you don't have access to this, right? Like, that's, that's just another sort of arena that um, I can't be down with. I, I think we all have um, just sort of, like, the power and privilege to enjoy amping up our beauty regimen in any way we see fit, as long as it's safe, right? Like, whose business is it? Literally, yeah. that's what we were talking about on our self-care Sunday. Yeah. Not yeah. my business. But we were also talking about how, like, because Glenn and Sade, they've gotten work done in L.A. And um, they were explaining how there's, like, a chart, like, a symmetry face thing. Is that different for, like, white women versus black women or Asian women or what have you? Or do we have the same? So when I think of, like, the chart, um, when I think about that, it's typically, like, Thinking about the face in thirds, does that sound familiar? Sort of like the upper face, the middle face, and the lower face. It's an mm -hmm. easy way to see if someone's in proportion. And I think that is universal, right? Um, that goes across race. You just, it's not about fitting an absolute standard. It's about fitting yourself, right? So like, I am all forehead. So I have injected my chin so that I have a little bit more facial balance, right? Because like with a super tiny chin, all you would see is like my television screen on the top of my face. Um, so, <laughs> right. So it's just about like being in proportion with yourself. There are other ratios though that are totally based on Caucasian beauty ideals, right? Like, you know, there's this idea that like everything fits in this perfect golden ratio. And if you look at it, like it only matches up for like this very stereotypical white, beautiful face. And to be honest with you, we know that everyone wants the prototypical black lip, right? Not necessarily the Caucasian ideal. So I'm not really into having faces fit a predetermined model of beauty, but rather like what makes your own face interesting and like playing that up. We love that. I'm so excited for like what's to come when we hop into the group chat combo because Ooh, I love me a little filler now. <laughs> um, the, the last on Reddit reply um, is shaming women or men who are not open about any cosmetic procedures they receive. Mm. That's tricky, right? Um, yeah. I think I have to leave that on red. 
So here's my deal. Like, it's nobody's business. Like, if you don't feel like disclosing that about yourself, like, more power to you, right? I, it's my whole thing. Like, if you want to do it, if you don't want to do it, if you want to speak about it, if you don't want to speak about it, like, it's all very personal and no one has the right to sort of, like, step into your own feeling of agency. But at the same time, people that overtly lie about it, like, that, that confuses me. Like, the person who's has like all the stigmata of the glow up. Like you went to the doctor's office and they're like, oh, I just started drinking more water. Like maybe you had some water in the doctor's waiting room, but I'm pretty sure you had some other things while you were there, right? Like, um, so that gets annoying and it just helps perpetuate the stigma of like only a certain kind of person gets plastic surgery or gets procedures. So that one's like tricky for me. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's no one's damn business what you do, right? Like, I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Also, okay. I'm just curious. Do you inject your own self? I, yeah, I do all my own treatments. I have okay. my whole face. Is. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we, I don't know if this is going to come up in our group chat, Chad, what you thought about but I want to know what you've done can you tell us what you've done and kind of what your maintenance looks like and totally. Totally. what I get to do to myself is like I have tons of access obviously so like you know it's not really something I can say that I can offer to everyone but um I Botox my forehead my glabella in between my brows the tail of my brows so they get a little bit of a lift I also inject my lower face and it gives like a little baby facelift. It like keeps my jawline looking tight. Um, I get filler in my temples. I also do some filler at the tail of my brow to kind of keep those up. I do a little bit of filler at my cheeks just to keep that volume in check. And then I also do a little bit, I love injecting these little points at the back of my jawline. And I've, I've done quite a bit of filler to my chin just because I said like, you know, my forehead's large and in charge and my whole family has like a pretty small lower face so to keep my own proportions in balance and you i also inject lips because i have natural lip asymmetry and injecting botox there works better for me than injecting lip filler i've done Mm -hmm. both but i prefer the botox yeah and like you said chelsea looks so natural yeah that's not what i imagine when i think of like filler and botox i'm like you look natural, nat- like a natural glow. Thank you, thank you. I mean, so many more people are getting this stuff done than we realize. We only like, our eye only goes to it when it's done poorly, so yeah. Glenn and I, and we'll definitely talk more about this as we continue the conversation, but like got kind of obsessed with learning about filler and how it works and like it's, to your point, I feel like so many people have it. It's not necessarily that they're using like two, three syringes. It's just like a little like bloop, bloop. And like, it's a sprinkling. It's a sprinkling. Totally. I'm such a fan of the sprinkle. It's like a little beauty boost. If anyone can tell that you had something done, you've done it wrong. Yeah. It's really like, like over time, you continue to sort of maintain things. I think that's like, that's the juice right there. Like that's the best result. I love it. Well, let's jump into the group chat. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. We really wanted to know more about your background and like how you entered the field. I see that you are, please correct me on how to pronounce this, 
a board certified Okolo facial plastic surgeon. It's a lot, right? So it's a board certified oculofacial plastic surgeon. Oculo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so the oculo refers to the fact that like I'm an eye expert, right? So I did all of my subspecialty training in surgeries and treatments around the eye. Um, so I'm an eye plastic surgeon if you want to like shrink that down. Um, but I do stuff for the whole face. So that's the oculofacial. Um, my journey to getting here was like sort of interesting. Um, I'm Haitian and a lot of my family like is in healthcare, right? Like my mom's a doctor, my aunts are nurses, and physical therapists. I feel like the whole Haitian crew like just lives in the hospital in one way or another. Um, and so I found my way into medicine. And I'll be honest with you, while I was there, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But then like, I don't know, it totally spoke to like my neurotic personality. Like the procedures on the eye are like so beautiful and refined and delicate and precise. And I was like, oh my gosh, my OCD like has found a home. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and that's what brought me into eye plastic surgery. Like I love how like delicate and nuanced all the treatments are like, the fact that like success is defined by like a half millimeter speaks to like every part of me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, oh my I god, are you an Earth sign? <laughs> I am a Scorpio. Oh, yeah, interesting. We were just talking about Scorpios. If the listeners, you guys cannot see her, but she's doing these beautiful hand gestures <laughs> that are just like so delicate and beautiful, and I'm like, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I ask what? would an eye procedure be like what does that yeah. look like? what is someone so like, in terms of like fillers right we're thinking about like filler for dark circle like I said like I inject my brows some people even have like hollow upper eyes and I can kind of like fill out that area for them so that they don't look so like um old and frail um in terms of like surgical stuff um getting rid of lower eye bags is so common like everyone's bothered by that I can do a surgical procedure to sort of like smooth out the contour um you'll probably notice that some people kind of get like droopy eyelids or like really heavy upper lids with like extra skin those are those are the sort of things I take care of gotcha gotcha okay oh my gosh so I mean we're all from Brooklyn. I feel like we know very much like the Caribbean upbringing and lots of folks in the medical field. But were was it something that you kind of were like, oh, I was I always knew I was going to be in medicine in some way, shape, or form? Not or oh, really? Like undergrad, I think like I was like I was doing film studies and cultural studies and psychology. I actually thought I wanted to do something like related to personality. I was really fascinated by that, but. My, my world sort of re meandered and I ended up in medicine. Very cool. Yeah. And what makes you so passionate about skincare and like the face? Yeah, because like it works. I don't know. Like, so when I found eye plastic surgery, like I've got to say there was this moment where I was like, I could be really good at this. Like, I, I want to know everything about this and like nothing like, sort of like got me off as much as just like geeking out on all the videos and all the books. Like when traveling and like doing things was a thing, like I was at a meeting every other month. Like I was like, I want to know everyone's secrets. And so that sort of like yearn to be an expert in your field, like um, it's like a really exciting thing, you know, at least it was for me. And like the skincare piece, so it fell so naturally, right? So like in practice, 
if someone comes to me and they're like, I want Botox because I have these fine lines, I would feel like a jerk if I just injected the Botox and I waved at you and I was like, bye-bye. Like, we're going to have the conversation. Like, what are you using on your skin? Like, yes, you can come to me every couple of months, but like, I'm not serving you if I'm not finding out what you're doing for yourself on a day-to-day basis. And so like, you can ask any one of my patients. I would sit there and I would bring out a little memo pad and I was like, okay, I want you to use this. This product's kind of good, but I don't love it. So like alternate it with this. And I was just like, Stop the madness. If like, I know what I want my patients to use and I know what benefits they're going to see, like, girl, let's get going. Like, let's just do this so you can offer it to them. Um, so like, that's how Epilogic was born. And I'll be honest with you, like, I was really sort of short-sighted when I started it. The fact that someone that had never met me and was not in a consultation with me wanted to try it and use it and enjoy it, I was like, oh, that's like a possibility, you know? Like, truly, it was meant to be like, you know, like another arm of my practice. So it's sort of like dovetailed into its own entity in like a really like surprising and awesome way. Yeah, I must say I've been using the the serum. I'm not really, I'm not like Sade. I don't have 13 steps. I wash my face, <laughs> I put lotion on. Yeah. Um, but I've been using the serum for like maybe like five days now. That's and cool. like, I feel like I've been seeing a bit of a difference. Like I feel like my skin is just like more even and yeah. like, I don't know, it just looks like one color. <laughs> I love it. Vitamin C is for real. Like the beauty of a well-crafted vitamin C is like, there's no getting around that. I think it's like for anyone that's like serious about their skincare, just like put on some sunscreen and get some vitamin C. Like the benefits are like beyond. Yeah. What do you think of a 13 step skincare regimen? Is that necessary? How could she edit hers down are there some essential steps that we should all be taking so i am never gonna poo-poo on someone's self-care regimen but i wish i had the time for 13 steps like that is just not in my capacity for life like every day i wish there were like two more hours in the day like there was just two more hours i could get everything done so committing to the 13 steps is like a little bit beyond me i think the essentials are we've already sort of hit it hit on it if you want to do the most then you cleanse, you get a good vitamin C going in the day, you get some sunscreen on. At night, you cleanse, you at least get a retinol, like some sort of vitamin A is gonna like pay off in spades over your lifetime. And if you're dry, throw some moisturizer on. That's like, those are the basics. Our other stuff's like lovely and delicious and like will make you look like a dewy goddess, like <laughs> Sade looks right now, totally. Um, but are they necessary? No. I mean, there are so many people who are just like, I can barely even wash my face. Don't tell me all these things. Like, what, what are the bullet points? And those are them. I just want to say that within those 13 steps, there's, a, there's, there's steps that aren't necessarily solely like skincare. Like I do, I put castor oil on my eyebrows. I put mm-hmm. castor oil on my eyelashes. I put a lip scrub on my lips. I will do like maybe a little jade roller moment. If I have the time, I like to do some stuff on my neck, a little lymphatic drainage. (laughs) These are all a part of the steps. Some days there are 12 or 13. Some days there are like six or seven, (laughs) but I'm a, I'm, I will self-admit that I might be a borderline narcissist. And so like, it brings me joy to do my routine. Like that is how I wake up in the morning. I oil pull, I get my coconut oil. I'm in the shower. I'm having a vibe. I'm listen- Because listen, we're work from home. So I'm going to start my day 
in the way that makes me feel the best. And that is my 13 plus steps of self-care. Not arguing with inspiration. Like I love every bit of that. And like, if I could get myself to slow down and just do like a little bit more of that, like I know I would be like a much happier, much more Zen person, you know, but like, that's legit. Um, I like, you know, I created a lot of the products to be like multitasking because mm -hmm. I know my own personality and I know the experience of sitting down with a woman and she's like, you're talking too long. Like, give me the two things and that's it. Like, <laughs> but I do, there's something about like a long, luxurious self-care moment that's just part of like the daily that like, I, I can't, I can't even front. I'm like totally envious and I wish I could dial down my type A-ness to like adopt some of that. <laughs> and you mentioned a retinol. What's the benefit of that? So retinol is vitamin A. So some people know it as like retinoid or just like a retinol. Basically, it can be over the counter. It can be prescription. And it does so many different things. Um, in terms of skincare ingredients, it has the most evidence and research and like hard data behind it. If you use it, you will change the way your skin functions and ages in the long term. So like, what does that mean for someone that like wants to get started? Like, what are you looking for? It'll keep your skin even and clear. If you suffer from acne, it'll like decrease the amount of acne breakouts you get. And it'll decrease the length of time that they stick around. It'll decrease the amount of scarring you'll get afterwards. And if you do get a scar, it'll make it easier to get rid of those. It'll keep fine lines and wrinkles at bay. It'll just keep your skin even, clear, smooth, like all the things. It checks all the boxes. Epilogic offers a retinol? Yeah, so my retinol is called Double Feature. And like I said, my patients were inspired by retinol. And whenever I bring up the word retinol in consultation, I'll often get this like, oh, I tried one. It like burned my face off. You know, like a lot of people are so retinol phobic. And my retinol is super, super gentle. The deal with retinol is like, you're not going to put it on tonight and see a benefit tomorrow. Like that's, that's not reality. Like you actually have to be committed to it. And I didn't want someone to be like, oh, I'm bored. Like, I know we all want that instant gratification. So I paired it with a little bit of lactic acid, which um, will make your skin kind of look plump and dewy immediately. So you're like, oh, this is working. This is worth me putting on at nighttime before I go to bed. Um, so yes, it's called double feature because it has a little bit of lactic, a little bit of retinol. So you get like some pleasure now, some pleasure later. I love that. That's super smart. Yeah. yeah, I want to try that. I know when I go for like um, uh, like my laser treatment, I feel like they're always like, "Have you been using retinol?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and yeah. like, like I think and some like they're, they're nervous about it. That. Totally. So retinol is like potent, right? It's it's for real, and so there's a lot of concern, especially on skin of color, of using it right before resurfacing procedure, like a peel or a laser, just because it can sort of increase the risk of complications. I don't want to get too science geeky on you, but there is some evidence now that um, for some procedures, you can actually use retinol right up until the procedure. And if the provider knows exactly what they're doing, it'll actually increase the benefits of the procedure. But that's like, that's totally advanced. I maybe shouldn't even have said it. Um, <laughs> but if you want to be super safe, just stop the retinol like a good week before your procedure. Okay. I'm wondering, so I scar terribly. So even if I get like a pimple or something that doesn't end up being like insanely like juicy or whatever, mm -hmm. 
I will still get some level of like scarring. So I also do like a little skin brightening product that Mm -hmm. I'll put wherever the spot is. What, like, what are your thoughts on that? And I just want to know in general, like any other advice for black skin? Cause sometimes I get nervous. Like, is it bad that I'm mixing like after I may do something with like a, a retinol or like a hyaluronic acid or something, then I'm putting on a moisturizer that has like a brightening effect. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm pretending I'm a dermatologist in this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I appreciate the the what you're trying to do. I'm sorry to get like super technical, but when you say like a brightening, do you know what ingredients are in it? So it's Ambi, and I have no idea. <laughs> Ambi, you went old school with it. And I'm like, that's super old school. That's Is it old school? Yeah. Well, my parents, my grandparents used it. All of that. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Um, I don't know the Ambi line, and like to be honest with you, I'm like, I'm such a sucker for labels. Like to me, a brand means means nothing. Like show me the ingredient list, and like we can chat. You know, um, I will say that there is nothing wrong with being like super proactive about when you have a zit, and if you know you're the person who's going to have really bothersome hyperpigmentation or scarring afterwards, you really want to temper what's happening in the moment. What I often do when I, I'll get a zit or I tell my patients when they get a zit, get a little bit of retinol and then mix it with some hydrocortisone um, and put it right on the spot. So here's my mentality, right? So the retinol is going to help the zit go away faster. But we all know it's the inflammation that the zit's causing that's causing all those complications later. So let's get an anti-inflammatory on board immediately. And most important, hands off. Like you can't pick at all. Like I always joke and like it's half a joke, half not, that if I look at a zit the wrong way, it's like, Done. Hyperpigmentation. Here we go. You know, so um, you just have to be really like, that's the time to like have so much TLC. Like I'll not even dab the stuff on with my finger. Like I'll put it onto a Q-tip and then like so gently just kind of like rub it on because any little bit of trauma incites such inflammation in our skin. And then like the hyperpigmentation struggle is real. Like it's so hard to clear those spots once they come on. So everything you can do to be proactive about them not coming on is totally worth the effort. So we shouldn't be drying out pimples. Should So retinol to some extent is going to dry them out. I just like, I like a little bit more of a sort of tempered approach by like buffering it with a little bit of anti-inflammatory rather than all actives, all harsh ingredients, because those can be inflammatory in and of themselves if you sort of traumatize the skin with them. So just be careful, right? So if you're putting on something drying, like like a salicylic or a benzoyl peroxide, like a little bit of TLC on top of it, a little bit of hydrocortisone, a little bit of moisture, like you want to pamper the skin. It can't be like a full-on attack. I looked up the, the ingredient that they market right on the front, and it's mm-hmm. vitamin E and alpha hydroxy acid. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Um, it's okay, not ideal. So alpha hydroxy acid, that could be like a glycolic, that could be a lactic. Um, I prefer something like a salicylic or a retinol if you're dealing with acne. And what about for existing scars then? Not for acne scar, like acne that's happening in the moment, but trying to fade. Like the textural irregularities, you mean? Exactly. Right? And, so and like, I- in, like scarring, like dark spots and things like that. Cause I know that's also what I've used Ambi for too. 
Yep. So let's chat about like sort of like the two types, right? So um, there is like the acne scarring where I, I'm, I'm considering that like textural irregularities. If you've ever seen like, you know, skin that's not totally smooth on the surface and you can kind of make out where the old acne was. Um, retinol is a good start, but to be honest with you, you got to come into the office and you got to have to do some microneedling. Um, what I also like to do is I'll get under there and I'll do a treatment called subcision. And it basically means like I'm breaking up the scar tissue beneath the surface of the skin with a little needle. It sounds scary, but it's not. And then in that little area that I freed up, I put a little bit of filler, a little bit of hyaluronic acid. So it causes those areas that were bound down and tethered to kind of pop back up. And then I'll do a little microneedling on top. I'm all about like the 360 approach, right? So like there's the stuff that's happening on the surface, but like what's happening underneath the surface that we can't see that's causing the skin to, to have that appearance. So that's one approach. And then for the other type of acne scarring, like you were discussing, like the, the pigment problems, the hyperpigmentation, the dark spots. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's about being steadfast with your skincare. Like, keep on the vitamin C, keep on the retinol and like more than anything, the sunscreen, but like girl come into the office, we'll do some chemical peels and it'll kind of like jump start the process. I mean, you can attack it at home, but it's gonna take you forever in a day. If you have a little bit of help with like clinical strength actives in a chemical peel or even some laser resurfacing, um, we can jump start the process. So you'll start to see results faster. Love it. We're all coming. We're all coming into the office. I want to learn more about, I mean, we, we touched on this a little bit, but like kind of shifting from like the skincare to like the filler and Botox. Cause I feel like the conversations we have, we're all like 28, 29 is like Chelsea's thing. So who's 29? Chelsea thinks 24. she's 25 or something. <laughs> or I don't know, whatever. I don't know what her fake age is. Anymore. I can't keep up, but we are like, well, you know, people say it's preventative. And I feel like you hear that a lot in like white communities. Like my white friends are already like, oh no, girl, I've been getting Botox. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, do, do I need to do that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? It's real. Um, so we're, the more melanin you have, the slower you're gonna age, like plain and simple. But that does, you're still going to age, right? And so the idea of preventative Botox is that if you see someone is recruiting the muscles a lot in certain parts of the face, over time, you will start to develop lines there, right? Um, and if you have higher melanin, sure, that's gonna happen at a slower rate. But if you wanna get ahead of it and make sure that that line never sets in, then like tiny doses of Botox can do that for you. For example, like in general, if I weren't to Botox my forehead, I literally look like a Sharpay. When I talk, it all like crumples up like really dramatically, you know? So um, if I didn't have Botox there, and I'll be honest with you, I started doing it in my 20s. Um, I would no doubt have really deep lines by now. Um, looking at you ladies, not like I'm assessing you for a consult or anything, but like I'm not seeing that you guys recruit a lot of tension in any part of your face. So if you came to me, honestly and truly, I'd be like, hold off and wait. Um, you just want to see how someone is manipulating their facial muscles, and then you can give them a sense as to whether it's a payoff for them or just kind of like a waste of their dollars. Mm. I, I want to, um, I went to a med spa because after they did their treatments in California, I was like, oh, I'm curious. So I went to a med spa and she was like, you don't need Botox yet. Like she made me scrunch up and then she said, it's not setting, so you don't need it yet. 
Um, but then she started telling me, well, you could do stuff in your chin. And that, like, that whole situation made me so uncomfortable because I was like, I didn't come here asking about my chin. Right. <laughs> now you're making me question my chin. Is that just something, do you think, like, when you have the eye, you're just, like, assessing what can I do to fix this face? By all means, when someone comes into me, if they're like, talk to me about here, then we're going to zero in on there. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to do the whole, well, by the way, your cheeks really need some help, you know? But like a lot of people come to me and they're like, doc, what do I need? Talk to me, you know? And then I'm going to go in. I, I know what it feels like, right? Like you, you go in for whatever one thing and then they're pointing out like four other deficiencies you have and like they've ruined your day. Um, Exactly. Uh, it, it's a it's a tough line as a provider. If something's jumping out at me, I'm like, this person is like such a gorgeous creature, and I can make them like superhumanly beautiful. You know, if I just did this one thing, I'll mention it, and I'll kind of couch it as like gently and tactfully as I can. But for the most part, unless you're asking me for um, the whole kit and caboodle, I'm 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 going to be very um, targeted with with our conversation. So our understanding of filler is that it consists of like a calcium or something that's naturally created in your body. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I feel like people have this fear that they're putting like cement or something mm -hmm. yeah. in their lips. So filler is so much fun. Um, and I think it's just because of the time we live in and the products have just gotten so good. Like there's so much specificity. Like I can get something super fine and delicate for under the eyes, or I can get something really rigid and sort of like structural for our jawline. Like I just love that I can feel like an artist and I can pick all my tools. So for the most part, the most common kind of filler that we use in office is made of hyaluronic acid. And what's lovely about hyaluronic acid is like, it's native to our body. So like, it's not like you're gonna have an allergic reaction to it. It's in our skin, it's in our joints. Like it's, it's sort of, it's native to us. Um, hyaluronic acid is also lovely if you've never gotten filler before because there's a dissolver, there's an antidote. So let's say you do it and you go home and you're like, oh my God, I just don't feel like myself anymore. You can literally go in the next day, someone will inject the dissolver and it's gone. It's like it never happened. Wow. Um, so for someone who has a little bit of filler anxiety, having that sort of like security blanket that, you know, it's not permanent, it could be um, gone with just like another trip to the office is really, um, it's reassuring for a lot of people. Even though hyaluronic acid is the go-to for the majority of um, treatments, there are some other fillers on the market that are like lovely for other indications. So the one you mentioned, it's, um, it's made of calcium and I adore it because it's really rigid. And I find that like black women especially, our skin stays like butter throughout our lifetime, but we start to lose bony volume in certain parts of our faces. And so to restore those projections, you want to mimic bone. And so I love calcium for that reason. Like it's really kind of lovely to build on the high points of the face. Um, and then you can sort of like work around it with hyaluronic acid filler to create like really lovely contours and shapes. Um, you cannot melt the calcium filler, at least not yet, nothing's on the market that is the dissolver. So if someone comes to me and they're like, I don't know, I've never done this before, I'm not really sure I wanna do this, and they're like biting their fingernails, like this is not the person that I'm gonna use calcium on. But someone who's just like, I trust you, let's go, I'm so excited for this journey, then like 
calcium is a, like a lovely, lovely choice. Then there's another filler on the market, which is like not a filler, but still like such a cool option. Okay, so back in the day when they were doing surgical procedures and they were passing stitches, they looked at the tissue where the stitches were being passed and they noticed that wherever the suture passed, there was more collagen in that area. So some like really brilliant person was just like, let's make a product out of this and inject it into the face. So literally there's a product called Sculptra and when you inject it, the, it causes a biological process in your face that makes your own collagen. So you'll have it injected and then over the course of the next month, your face responds by building collagen in the areas that the product was deposited in. And then it lasts like two years. I'm getting oh. my life. I'm getting my whole life right now. She said two years. <laughs> because I swear after I got filler, it felt like it was gone in a month. Like, Oh, gosh. Where did you get it? What part of the face? Oh, I had lip filler and chin filler. But I think for your chin, and I don't know if you feel comfortable, but like, I'm just thinking of like brands. So mm -hmm. like a, a Juvederm, is that hyaluronic or... Yes. Those are all hyaluronic acid products. Okay, but then, like, she got Restylane, I, I, I want to say, in her chin. She got one that they said is non-dissolvable. I think you got yeah. Restylane in your chin. So Restylane is hyaluronic acid, and it's dissolvable. And oh. here's where the confusion is. So <laughs> both Restylane and Juvederm are brand names. They're not specific products. Mm. So depending on which Restylane product you got, there's a lot of difference. I think, like, Restylane has, oh. like, literally, like, eight different fillers that are hyaluronic acid at this point. Got it. Um, oh, well, yeah. The, the, whatever I did get, she said she wouldn't be able to, to dissolve it. But I also think that radius. I... So that's, that's what it was, radius. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, but I, I do think that I might have been hyped off of, like, the first week of seeing everything be, like, super full. And yeah. then... Once it went down, I was like, it's gone. Like, yeah. I don't see a difference anymore. It happens all the time. It's not like you got a bad injection. It's just, you know, when I'm in office, I would much rather be in a position, especially with a product that you can't dissolve, have you come back and we can do a touch-up than accidentally put too much and you look crazy. And as you're injecting, you do get a little bit of swelling. So if I hear that you loved it for a week and then it went down, you were looking at the product plus the swelling. So it just means you need a touch-up. Right, mm. like I wanted a little... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but remember you were saying that you felt like your... It, she felt like it wasn't symmetrical. I did feel like that, yeah. It felt the like my... Was it wasn't symmetrical or the actual product, the, the augmentation? Yeah, like the distribution of it felt... Oh, no. Yeah, like I felt like my chin was crooked. And we were in you LA. You a black woman. I know. <laughs> and you know we're we're based, we're all based in Brooklyn, so we were in LA, and I was panicked. I was calling these people like I'm about to get on a flight. Do you need to fix my chin? And they were like, just let it. Like you know, you need to give it some time. Didn't they tell you to massage it around? Well, they told me to massage my lips, but I just kept messing with my chin. Which <laughs> been, but I was like, it's crooked, and I kept trying to like shift it over. Okay, <laughs> I have a question. So like our for our listeners that are you know, listening and now they're getting curious. They're like, okay, we, tr we trust BGT. We trust Dr. Jenatin. She is a black woman. She has filler, her face looks natural, but I'm young, I'm working. What is the price if you want to get like a starter pack, let's say? 
Like you're not so trying to change too much. A starter pack is so different by the face. Like I told you that my whole face has like a million different things in it, right? So that's tough. I would say like a younger woman is probably not looking for the whole face. They're just looking for like, I want a little cheek pop or I just want a little lip or, you know, I've noticed that my profile, my, I'm just saying the things that I hear all the time. My chin in my profile pics are like just not what I want it to be. So that's like one area in most offices you're looking at anywhere from like 900 to $1,200. 900 per injection yeah sounds about right mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm curious to know like I, I i love filler i want more already and i just feel like it's a maintenance thing right like i already feel like oh i'm gonna get my lashes done i got my nails done like is it something that you kind of have to commit don't have to but like if you want to maintain that look you really have to kind of commit to it forever <laughs> yeah so here's the thing that's the difference between botox and filler botox lasts like three to four months so like if you're really into the botox relaxed face look then like you're in the doctor's office pretty often you're in there a couple times a year the thing with filler is it's got great longevity um you could you could if you plan it right handle all of your facial areas once a year and then you're good um so filler, most fillers will give you about a year of longevity. You know, some areas dissolve a little bit faster. I mean, they wear down a little faster, namely around the lips. Lips are so dynamic. They move so much that um, lips do need to be re-injected more often. But for filler, like you're investing more, but you're also getting more longevity out of the result. So but like yeah, it's another appointment. And I hear you. We don't have time for <laughs> a million appointments, but it is another appointment. Yeah. And you said that some, you know, we use our mouths a lot, but is it possible that some people in general will absorb the product faster? That Yeah, there are definitely um, metabolism issues. Some people just like wear down the product faster. Um, and then there's also sort of like your mouth activity. For example, like there are still smokers out there. This is me like throwing shade again. But, like if you're smoking, like your lip filler is going to last like two seconds. Like if, if there's not another reason to quit smoking, you know, like, of course, there's like a million, like, quit so that you could at, like, at least keep your lip filler in place for a little bit longer. She said there's <laughs> still smokers out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I'm making the face of like, if you were to smoke and how your lips would change. Oh my gosh. Do you guys have any other questions? Or are you ready to hop into the what would you do? I think I'm ready. Go to the what would you do? All right. So this last segment is um, our What Would You Do, inspired by the acclaimed City High song. What would you do if his name was at home? Da, 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 da. What would you do? Um, <laughs> we get listener letters in our emails and our DMs. We get friends texting us and we just love to kind of open up the forum to share advice. This is our little advice segment. Um, so we got an email that says, Hey BGT, hope quarantine is treating y'all well. My sister is the family gem and I feel like the black sheep at times. She's really quote unquote pretty and academic and recently got engaged while I have been single for years and not really sure of what I want to do in my career. 
My family always makes little comments that are playful, but also a bit hurtful at times. How can I tell them this without coming off sensitive? And also any tips on a boost of self-confidence? Thanks, y'all. Anonymous email. That's tough. I mean, I'm an only child, so luckily, like, I never had to get compared to anyone. And um, I'm like, you know, there are like pluses and minuses that come out of that. But like, literally feeling like you have to live up to your sibling and your siblings outshine you. Like, I can't even imagine that sort of like pain and frustration. Um, I think at least for myself, like I mentioned to you, my journey was like very meandering to get to where I am. And I don't, I don't regret a second of it. Um, I think there is something to sort of like owning your own path and sort of like really delighting in the fact that you are you and whatever journey you take is your own and like where you end up is like where you were meant to be rather than trying to follow in the path of someone else, even if they are like your blood relative. Um, And I think like honesty is the only way to really kind of approach her family and say like, you know, this is actually hurtful that I'm getting compared, you know, obviously like that, I imagine that, like, I'm trying to imagine telling, like, a family member of mine, like, hey, it's hurtful that you talk to me in a way that's different than, like, my cousin or something. And I imagine that would get, like, met with a little bit of laughter. Perhaps they wouldn't think that you're sincere at first. But um, I think if you can sort of, like, appeal to their care for you, then um, I imagine it wouldn't be, like, too tough to get everyone on the same page. And perhaps, like, you know, it sounds like these siblings are close. Like, get your sibling involved like I can't imagine having a sister and my sister knowing that I was hurting because I was being compared by her and her not being my advocate you know um obviously like I'm a little bit sort of naive because I don't have a sister but in my imagination my sister wouldn't be down for that you know so that's my advice yeah something that stuck out to me in her letter was like I don't want to be sensitive but like what's wrong with that like you have feelings you're a human being and like it sounds like a really messed up situation. So I think you should voice that. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is benefited by keeping it in. Do you know what I mean? I think we're all learning this in all different kinds of ways. Like just express it, you know? Yeah, I think you all really nailed that. Um, especially what you spoke to Dr. Jenison about the winding path. Even as you were mentioning that at the beginning, I was like, thinking how beautiful it was that you were able to have so many different experiences in your lifetime and thinking about that there's no, we, we have this, this feeling that there needs to be a timeline or that we need to be at a certain place at a certain time. And we, we don't. And I think I've even had to think about that recently as well. And once I took that pressure off of myself, it makes life just seem a lot fuller and a lot mm-hmm. more open for possibilities that you don't have to be like, okay, I'm in this lane now. Actually, no, you can do a lot of different things. Like you have choice. It, it, there's just space and room. So I, I would encourage the listener to look at their journey in that way too. Like, wow, look at all the different lanes you could actually take and all the different experiences you could have. Um, yeah, and I'm also an only child, which is crazy because I feel like I never meet only children. So I also like, I, I don't have that same experience of being compared to someone else, but I have had to tell my parents before, like, okay, you guys are annoying. <laughs> to me about like, when am I getting married or things like that? And I have had them laugh, but then also sincerely be like, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I didn't know that that like mm-hmm. made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those things. And then in terms of the boost of self-confidence that she asked for, um, 
I think to go back to, to your whole 14 step plan, shout out, <laughs> <laughs> that oh, it always feels really good when you can like love on yourself, you yeah. know, some self care. Yeah. I don't have, all my siblings are way older than me, which you would actually maybe think that I would then get like the brunt of like so much comparison because I have like four steps to fill. But my, my parents have always been pretty chill about it. If anything, I feel like my parents compare my older siblings to me. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which is its own thing. But I think just like naturally I come from like a pretty big family and I have cousins doing things that people all over and the comments are always made. And I always even have to like check my mom where she'll talk about one of my cousins and being like, well, I don't know what he's doing. He's (laughs) working on a farm or something and blah, blah, blah. And has this college education. I'm like, he can work on the farm and have the college education. Like it's not that big of a deal. So I think to your point as well, when you mentioned like the sister could kind of get on board, I think it's really up to like us as the kids to like check our, our parents and our aunts and uncles when they make those comments. Cause I think they grew up with a lot of that. And so it's been like normalized when really it's like a little traumatizing and not mm-hmm. very nice. And I think in terms of like the self-confidence boost, yeah, it's just like in those moments of just like loving on yourself. I love what you said, Glenn, about like kind of freeing yourself of having these expectations because like you should just live your life. There's no such thing as having like a defined career. Like at one point, like you said, you you changed your, your ideals so many times of what you wanted to do. So just like live your life, enjoy it. And if there are aspects or aspirations you may have to your sister, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a difference between like aspiring and, and, and then feeling as though you're being compared to in a detrimental way. Mm. But if there's something about her that, you know, you just love that she does, you, you said, quote unquote, pretty, like if you love her makeup routine, if you love her perfume, like mix some of that into maybe what you're doing to give yourself that little like love boost. Well, our last segment of our show is called Black Girls Doing Shit. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. The segment, we shout out a black woman doing something amazing. And on this episode, that is you, Dr. Jenison. Thank you so much for joining us. We have loved this candid conversation. Um, We talk a lot about like the ways that people make judgment on people's journeys or decisions that they make, and especially around beauty. And I really have enjoyed just hearing your take on just looking at it as like as a personal choice and as um, enhancing your natural beauty and mm-hmm. that it's not a huge deal that we can, what did you just say? A love? A love boost? Yeah, it's like we can give ourselves love boost. I love how passionate you are. Like I, well, we incorporate some of the clips on our social media, but I wish everyone could see like the way you like touch your face and like touch your lips. Like you can just tell like you're radiating joy and talking about what you do. And I feel like everyone should have some sprinkles of that in, in everything they do in their daily basis. And also like, I'll be calling you soon. Oh yes. (laughs) Because I'm like, okay, I'm just, you know, stacking my Christmas coin and um, I'll be, I'll be at Brooklyn face and I before you know it. (laughs) And thank you for all the scientific uh, points that you brought up because I feel like I love getting information and you provided so much information here. Um, And I just love meeting black doctors. So thanks. Yes. (laughs) 
This has been such a pleasure. And like, you guys are awesome to chat with. I feel like I could do this every weekend, you know? <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Y'all know where to find us. Black Girls Texting Instagram. Um, Dr. Jennison, do you want to share your social handles or any information you'd like the listeners to hear? Sure. Um, if anyone's interested in the skincare line, it's Epilogic. And on Instagram, that's at E-P-I, Epi.logic, L-O-G-I-C. Um, if you're interested in what I do in office on Instagram, that's at Brooklyn Face and I, B-K-L-Y-N Face and I. And oh my God, look at that puppy. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> she just popped up with a puppy. I'm obsessed. So oh my cute. gosh. Yes. And um, we have a... Sorry, go ahead, Chelsea. I said she's going to come to Brooklyn Face and I. She needs a little... <laughs> She needs a, a love boost. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have a discount code, which is BGG10, which you will find on our Instagram and um, as well as our like link tree. We'll have all the information there that'll link you right to Dr. Jenison's website. So y'all can go get right, get your vitamin C mm-hmm. and sunscreen, guys. I- <laughs> Here I am. Who knew? 28 years later. (laughs) (laughs) We've only been saying it all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And that was another episode of Black Girls Texting. Hey, group chat, real quick before we go, we actually want to put you on to a really important cause that was brought to our attention by one of our listeners. This listener is from the Lake Charles section of Louisiana, which was recently decimated by Hurricane Laura. Houses there have been completely leveled. And that section of Louisiana is 48% Black. We've recently been talking about the immense amount of pain the Black community has been facing recently. Um, It feels like there's just so much loss and this is just yet another example. The stories of the Black folks of Lake Charles have been getting almost zero national news coverage and the people there won't have power or water for up to eight weeks and FEMA is denying people aid left and right. Our listener told us about an awesome organization called Imagine Waterworks and what Imagine Waterworks does is reimagine the future through art, science, and human connection. It's a place-based organization with a global vision, and they've been helping lead change um, locally in the way we think about living with water and working in the intersection of reducing risk from flooding, pollution, and natural hazards. So if you want to lend some aid to the communities of Lake Charles, we encourage you to go to donorbox.org slash imagine-water-works to donate to support their efforts. Thanks, y'all.